In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So an interesting thing to remember about the gospel lesson today. Jesus was on this high mountain. Why did he go up there? It was to pray. So it was in the middle of prayer that this moment of glory happened to Jesus. Luke alone, among the evangelists, tells us this detail, and I think it's one for us to appreciate. For Jesus did not plan or stage the transfiguration. It was not as though he invited Peter and James and John to go up the mountain so that they could see this show that he put on so they could go down and make all the other disciples envious that they weren't there. It wasn't this liturgical or religious spectacle that he staged. Rather, the transfiguration of Jesus happened as a result of prayer. The consequences of deep devotion to God. It was an epiphany that was of God's choosing and the gift that affirmed Jesus as the Messiah, the chosen one, which was to prepare him then for many things to come, including this long road to the cross, to the grave, and to his rising again. Now, I'm guessing that glory is something that some of us might have a little trouble with, We'd rather identify with the human side of Jesus because we like to see him being compassionate and being with the crowds and the healing and the preaching and the care that he showed because sometimes we feel like we need that compassion and preaching and care. We identify with the crowds or we identify with that kind of Jesus Sometimes we appreciate that he was tempted in the wilderness because we've all been tempted too. And sometimes I think we might appreciate his willingness to suffer the way he did for us because, well, we suffer too. But glory, especially the kind of glory that was described in today's gospel reading from St. Luke, seems to set him apart from us in some way. And then it may make us wonder, how can we enter into that moment that was so wonderful and mysterious and bright and affirming? Well, the reality is the transformation does set him apart from us today. Every truth of Jesus' ministry is not verified because we experience what he experienced. The visitation of glory came to him only. Moses and Elijah joining him for that reason, as reported by St. Luke. And this was the primary reason. They spoke of his exodus, his departure, for which he was to accomplish everything then in Jerusalem. 
that reference likens us to the main things of Jesus' mission. And it tells us then that his transformation prepared him, namely for all the events that would happen on another mountain, on Calvary. There his face was not radiant with brightness, but covered in the agony of wearing a crown of thorns. There the same voice of affirmation that was heard on this mountain was not heard. There all was silent as Jesus cried out from the cross and felt abandonment. No holy crowd, no holy cloud surrounded him on that day, only thick darkness. And yet the real glory of Christ is not the blazing but temporary glory of the transfiguration. The true glory of Christ is found in restoring us to God through all the actions and events that would happen to Jesus on the cross and in the tomb and on Easter morning. The true glory of Jesus then becomes found in us as we are transformed by this message of God's grace and God's love for us. And it transforms us to love one another and serve one another from the depths of our hearts. And it allows us to trust Jesus in spite of all the forces in this world and inside of us that would pull us away from God and from our sisters and brothers in Christ. The transfiguration, the transfigured Jesus is the crucified Jesus and our risen Lord who comes among us today in this wonderful gospel proclamation. Just think of it for a moment. Jesus has put his power to save and renew the world into a word that can speak to each other as people of God. And the word is this, that Christ is for us and nothing will separate us from the mercy of God. And it is because of that word that we keep listening. It is for that word that our souls long By that word, we are brought to faith, and in that word, we live and grow in Christ-like living. To that word, we look for our strong hope in death. We listen to Jesus. Think of what this place of worship is, first and foremost. And it can be this place, It can be Grace Church. It can be any church where people gather around word and sacrament and come together as the body of Christ. But think about what this space is primarily. It is a place for listening. There are many other ways to describe church buildings and congregations of Christians. And there are many other functions in our life together as signs of our faith at work. But whatever other descriptions we might think of, it must have its roots in listening to the Christ 
who is our glory. Our doing is directly tied first to our listening. Without listening to Jesus, we may be confused about who we are. We may forget what God has done for us. We may stray from the direction that God intends for us. So, we come to this place, and we listen. There are times, and you can think of them now, when you listen as never before. You listen when your child is called by name in the waters of baptism. You listen when your name is called, when you publicly affirm your baptismal covenant and confirmation and reaffirmation of faith. You listen when you stand before this altar to share marriage vows with the one you love. You listen when you've been hurt by someone and you need a word of healing or a word of absolution. You listen as you bring your grief to this place for funerals and memorial services. You listen when you come into this place, your heart brimming with joy and thanksgiving for prayers answered, for hopes realized, for recovery complete, for prosperity found. And you listen even when you come into this place in doubt or shame, when in discernment and while in despair. Those are the times we really listen to what Jesus has to offer us. And such listening in this place prepares us to move forward into our own future in confidence and in hope. Just as Jesus was transfigured on the mountaintop, so did the disciples find affirmation and encouragement when they saw him. And they will need such a sign, a glimpse of glory, to steady them too as they move into their own future. And so it is with us. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, remember the story of the transfiguration of Jesus. Remember when God said, you are my beloved It is one more sign that in Christ, crucified and raised to life, God is at work bringing light and hope to the world that God loves. Like the disciples, we can see it too, and we can bear that light. It is a long and winding journey. I imagine for most of us our journey in faith, but with a promised and glorious ending. And so today, these are my words for you. Continue on your journey with God today. May God walk with you where you walk. May God guide you when you must make choices. May God comfort you in the places where you hurt. May God surprise you in the amount of love that God has for you. May God restore you to who you are and who God intends you to be. And may God be known in all that you do and say 
in Jesus' name. Amen.